This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. Well, good morning. Well, a great big happy Father's Day to all the fathers here on campus, the fathers online. You know, uh, th this day is a very interesting day for me simply because I, I always uh, take this time to, to focus in on it and realize, in my household at least, how different Mother's Day and Father's Day really are. You know, I, I'll never forget several years ago when my 14-year-old uh, teenager, teenage son comes and says, Dad, for Mother's Day, I'm, I'm going to do something special. He says, I'm going to take the whole family to dinner. And I thought, wow, this is new. This is great. And so sure enough, Mother's Day came after church service. We went out to mom's favorite restaurant, and we had a great time. And then the bill came. And I remember my 14-year-old son reaching across me saying, no, Dad, I got the bill. And I thought, wow, this is great. You know, when he paid the tip and everything, everything was fine. And so fast forward a month later, and I know the week leading up to Father's Day, I was like, man, this is going to be great. My son, he's going to take me to my favorite restaurant. And I had visions of papados in my head. And I just knew that I was going to be able to experience the same thing that his mom got to experience. And so the Saturday before, I, told, I went up to him. I said, hey, you know, have you made the reservations? Or can we go to Papado's tomorrow? And he says, what do you mean, Dad? He goes, I thought you were going to grill tomorrow. And I said, wait, what? He goes, yeah, I thought you were going to grill tomorrow. That's what you always do. Don't you grill? I said, but it's Father's Day. I said, how is Father's Day different than Mother's Day? And he's like, come on, Dad. It's Mom. <laughs> and, and to this day, I don't understand the difference between Mother's Day and Father's Day. You know, it's funny. I was in the back a minute ago, and they told me, you know, they were joking around about how I couldn't get my son to, to take me to dinner. And one guy said, well... After telling that story in first service, you'll, he's not going to take you to dinner now, you know. But guys, in, in all seriousness, one of the things I believe is very important for us to understand is, is, you know, in this day and age that we live in, society, the media, everyone is devaluing the man, devaluing the father. And can I tell you, the man and the father are very important to the work and the call of God. You know, God has a purpose for us. In fact, being a man is very important, and being a father is a calling from God. You know, in, in, in Scripture, found in Malachi 4, 5, and 6, it says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. I believe that, that, that all of the challenges that we are experiencing in this world today are because you know, we as men have not all fully embraced what God's called us to do. And that if we will make a decision to press into God, make him the foundation of our lives and allow him to create in us and build in us the, 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 the resources that we need to be the fathers he's called us to be, guys, I, I guarantee you, I, I strongly believe that we can make a, a big, huge difference in this world in the days ahead. You know, the Bible tells us that... Uh, it's, it's a very imperative and very important for us to make God a priority in our life, make, meaning making him first in our lives. In um, Proverbs 13, 22, it says, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Now, he's not just talking about land and money. No, he, he's talking about a heritage, a strong foundation. And in order for us to be able to do that, we've got to know what that is from the Lord. And so we as men, we've got to take the lead and really press into God and get to know what his promises are and, and, and what he says about us so that we can share it with the next generation. 
And, and one of the things that God has shown me is, is that it's important not only for us to, to be an influence to our children, but to all the children that he brings into our life, into our, our sphere of influence. You know, earlier this year, I had the privilege of, of going out to the youth camp back in January on the first night. And, you know, I just went just to experience that first night. And, and, and after the service had ended, they had a time of prayer. And being there, I, I happened to, to, to be in the area where they, they were praying for the kids. And so I just began to pray for all the young people. And it just broke my heart because each and every young person that came up, I think I prayed for about eight, somewhere between eight and 10 teenagers, everyone who came up, they had an issue with their father. Their father told them that they were no good. Their father told them that they were a mistake. Their father told them that they were never wanted. Their father told them that they would never amount to anything. And you could just see the brokenness on the inside of them. In fact, on the inside of me, something rose up and I began saying no. And I remember gripping one teenager saying, look me in the eyes. God has great plans for you, young man, and really speaking into his life. But, but, but that night, God put, did something on the inside of me. He, he, he was showing me that we have a responsibility as men, as men of God, to not only speak into the lives of our children, but to speak into the lives of all children. That God wants to use us to be a blessing. And the only way we're going to be able to do that effectively is to, to partner with him, spend time with him, come up close to him so that we're sharing his wisdom, so that we're sharing his love. You know, it's interesting to me that in Genesis, the Bible talks about how when God made man, he made man in his image and his likeness. And then afterwards, a little further along, it says, now God took the man he made and put him in the east part of Eden. He, he put man in a place that was created, an environment created just for man so that they could commune there, so that, so that man could understand truly what God wanted him to do so that he could carry out his purpose from that point forward. And guys, if we're going to be the men and the fathers God's called us to be, we've got to get up close to God, make, make a space for him in our lives, and, and, and really spend quality time with him so that we can hear his voice and begin to, to lead and speak and walk and, and be the men he's calling us to be. There's no way we can do it without God. And, and one of the things the scripture tells us is if we're going to do that, we're going to make a huge impact on this world. Look, let's look at Psalm 127. It says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb like a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are children of one's youth. Arrows. Guys, we have the ability to direct our children down the right path. And I get it. I know sometimes our kids go off the deep end. You know, I look at my children sometimes and say, you have lost your mind. But you know what? It's my job to, to point them in the right direction. And so I need to be able to look at my children when they come in and the world has beat them down and say, no, the Bible says that you are the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. And what am I doing? I'm taking my arrow and I'm aiming it a certain way. When someone comes in and says, you know what? You know, I, I can't get this. I, I, I'm, I'm stupid. No, no, no. You are not stupid. You have the mind of Christ and nothing is too difficult for you. In fact, the word of God says he's going to prosper the very work of your hands. What am I doing? I'm taking that arrow and I'm aiming it in a direction. We have the ability when we get the word of God on the inside of us to point our children in the direction that God wants them to go in. And the only way we're going to be able to do that effectively is to spend time with him. That is why every time I teach, whether it's a class, whether it's up here on main stage, whether I'm talking to my kids. That is why I always have this in my hand. Why? Because it is the most valuable possession that one could have. The word of God tells us it always proves true. The word of God is like a GPS. It's like a guide. It will get you in the right place of what God has for you in your life. 
And one of the things that I've seen in my lifetime is that, you know, mothers, they do a phenomenal job. In fact, I, I heard a man in one of, one of our men's classes one day, he, 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 said, he said, you know, really, this whole child-rearing thing, it, it's, it's the woman's job. And, and I said, what? He, he goes, it's the woman's job. I said, well, the woman didn't bring the child here by themselves. I mean, it's, it takes two to tango, right? And, and he goes, well, yeah. I said, God's called us both collectively. We both have a part to play in it. And as men, if we'll rise up and do our job, as women, if, if you'll rise up and do your job, and if we do it together, guys, can I tell you, our children, this nation, this world will be in a such better place as we do what God's called us to do. And we're not going to be able to do that effectively without the word of God. You know, Pastor Allen and Miss Joy, for, for healing class, they put together a, a declaration that we do uh, each week in healing class. And it simply says, this is my Bible. It's God's word to me. It strengthens me, it refreshes me, it's medicine to me, and I love to read my Bible. When we can get that on the inside of us and it begins to come out of us, it begins to make an impact on the lives of our children. One of the things I think, and one of the areas where I think we mess up sometimes is we are unwilling to live our faith in front of our children. We've got to walk our faith out in front of our children so that they see us walking it out. And so they've got to know that when tough times come, guess what? I pull strength from the Lord. They need to know that when life happens, that the Spirit of God will refresh my soul. They need to know that when I get a bad diagnosis, that the healing I need comes from the Word of God. And, and they're not going to know that if they don't see us living that out. And so today I want to encourage you with, with a few stories here of men I believe that we can glean from that will enable us to be the men, the fathers that God has called us to be. The first story I want to share with you, it's a story of Abraham. And, you know, Abraham was a great guy. He wasn't perfect. None of us are perfect. But, but we'll pick it up in Genesis chapter 12. It says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed for Haran. Understand this. God's promises to Abraham were this. He said, I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. You will be a blessing. I will bless them that bless you. I will dishonor him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. And then we read, he says, and Abram went as the Lord had told him. Guys, when we spend time in the word of God, when we come to church services, when, 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 we, when we spend time, you know, quality time with the Lord, whatever he tells us to do, we need to do it. We need to walk it out. And then as men, we need to, 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 to step up and, and, and really come up with those non-negotiables that, that, you know, this is how God wants it to be, and this is how, you know, we're, we're going to lead. Meaning, you know, as a father, you know, we need to make a stand and say, you know what, on Sundays we go to church. On Wednesdays we go to church. You know what, I get it, you're 17, I understand, but guess what, as for me and my house, we serve the Lord. So I need you to come with me, and you're going to go to youth meeting uh, tonight on Wednesday night, and you're going to grow in your faith while I'm in main service growing in my faith. What are we doing? We are leading our, our, our children in the way God wants us to. The way these promises come to pass is when we go in the way that God's called us to go. Does that make sense? God wants to use us 
to raise up a new generation that's going to serve him and follow him all the days of their lives. But in order for that to happen, we've got to make our faith visible to them. We've got to take a stand and, and stand for truth and stand for the word of God. The Lord said he's going to bless us. He said through us, this nation will be blessed. And I am convinced that as we raise up as men and, and turn the, the tide of that battle around and become the men God's called us to be, we can see a difference today. You know, I know we're living in the time of COVID, but guess what? God, he's a miracle working God. In fact, in Genesis, God tells Abraham, he goes, is there anything too difficult for the Lord? And the answer is no, there's nothing too difficult for the Lord. And so we can press into God as a church, as men, as fathers, we can press into him. And, and, and you know, pastor shared a scripture a couple of weeks ago, and it's from Chronicles. It says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, he goes, then I'll come and I'll heal their land. He says, I'll hear their prayers and I'll come and heal their land. I believe, you know, when I read that scripture, I say, if my men who are called by my name, how many men we got in here this morning? Any, we got, how many men, a lot of men? Guys, understand this, being a man, being a father, it's a calling from God. God designed you to be a man. He designed you to be a father. And in that, he will equip you to do it the right way. And if, we, if you'll listen to his leading and guiding, he will enable you to bring impact and change into the world. But we've got to tune in to him. And there's nothing too difficult for him. One of the things that we can glean from Abraham is this. He trusted in the character of God. If God said it, then he believed it. If God spoke it to him, then he, 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 he went all in when it came to God. He was always believing God. Abraham, again, he wasn't perfect. You know, there, there's a situation in, in Scripture where um, he lied about his sister. You know, he also, maybe some of us are guilty of this. He, you know, God gave him a promise, and, and the promise wasn't coming fast enough, and so he wanted to help God out. You know, and I found that helping God out makes things worse, and so you just need to trust and stand and believe God, and, and God will come through. And so we've got to trust in the character of who God is. If God said it, we need to believe it, and then we need to trust that it's going to come to pass. God made man in his image and likeness. And when he made us, he said that we were good. In fact, he gave us a job. And in that job, we were to go and have dominion over the earth, to be fruitful and multiply. We were supposed to be his representative in the, in, in the earth. And one of the things that what happens is, is when life happens, we get caught up in life. And we've got to remember that we're in the world, but not of the world. Does that make sense? We're in it and not of it. Meaning when life happens, when things are breaking out, we don't respond like the world responds. We respond like Christ responds because we're on the side of God. And if we'll do that, it frees God up to be able to move in the lives of young people today. So we've got to trust God and trust his character. We can also look at Noah's story, Noah, Noah and the ark, and understand that one man can make a difference. One man. You know, sometimes we, we think, oh, this is too difficult, or this is too big, or things are going on and, and it's, you know, out of my control. I, I can't really bring impact. But you can. One man can make a difference. In Genesis, in the story of Noah, uh, the Bible tells us that, that God looked all over the earth and there was gross darkness. It says, the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him to his heart. So the Lord said, 
I will blot out man whom I've created from the face of the land, man and the animals and creeping things and birds of the heavens, for I am sorry that I have made them. And then in verse 22, it says, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Noah did this. He did all that God commanded him. We see further on into the, in, into the scriptures where Noah came and he told, or God came and he told Noah to build an ark. He told Noah how to build it, how to supply it. And in doing all of this, you know, Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Why? Because the Lord was a priority in his life. When all the wickedness in the world that was going on continued to happen, Noah pressed into God. Guys, this morning I want to encourage you, no matter what's going on in the world today, press into God. Begin to lead your families. Begin to lead yourselves in a new way. Press into him. And what will happen is, is you'll find favor with the Lord. The Lord will begin to speak to you and do things through you that he won't do through others. Why? Because you've made him a priority in your life. Guys, we can learn from Noah knowing that, you know, God is true to his word. In spite of all the wickedness going on around him, Noah kept his focus on God. You know, he's building this ark. There's not been rain for a long period of time. And as he's building his ark, as he's doing what God's told him to do, he's being mocked. He's being ridiculed. He's being torn down. And he, in spite of that, he kept doing it because God told him. His actions, we, re we read further along, his actions saved all of mankind. And, and not only that, his actions also saved his household. Let's look at what it says in Genesis chapter 7. It says, the Lord said to Noah, go into the ark, you and all your household, for I have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. Noah's willingness to, to follow God and not follow the crowd saved his wife, saved his children, saved his children's children. You and I can take a cue from that, that if we'll press into God in spite of what's going on, in spite of what we're reading in the media or on Facebook or whatever, and press into God and do exactly what he tells us to do, God will bless our children's children. Amen. We have the ability to turn things around. I'll never forget when, um, you know, my, my family and I, we went, we went through some things and, and uh, we, we found ourselves in a, in a dark place. And, you know, I remember that, you know, I pressed into the Lord and began to seek his face and seek his guide and seek his direction. And I never forget the Lord spoke to my heart, you know, and, and I, I heard him directing us, you know, to, to the Houston area and not knowing where we were going. And I remember everyone around us was speaking against it. But, but the Lord gave me a word, and he gave me a word in Scripture, and I held on to that word. And the Lord said he was going to take us to a new place. And I began to speak that over our, our family and declare that over our family. And again, we were, we were struggling during that season and time that we were in. And it's so funny how the enemy works sometimes. He'll come and he'll use, use your situation against you to discourage you from moving forward with God. And, and I remember the enemy coming and saying, how in the world are you going to make it in the Houston market when you're struggling here in San Antonio. But guys, I had a decision to make. Was I gonna to listen to God, even though I didn't see it, or was I gonna move forward? And so I made a decision to move forward with God. And God has blessed us every step of the way. He's blessed us in, 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 in our marriage. He's blessed us in our finances. He's blessed us spiritually. He's healed us. He's restored. Why? Because he is the God that always keeps his word. He will bless you when you follow him. But we have to step, we have to make a decision to make a stand and to stay with God no matter what. And that's what Noah did. 
Noah stood with God in spite of all of that, and God blessed him. In every situation, in every season, we have to be willing to fall in line with what the Word of God says, regardless of what the world says, and understand that God will bless you. God's calling us to be the change that we want to see in the world. We've got to be willing to do that. And again, we want to live our faith out so that our children can see that faith. 2 Chronicles 16.9 says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. In this you have done foolishly. Therefore, from now on, you shall have wars. The God's looking. He's looking for, for men who would stand up and say, you know what, Lord? I want to be the man you've called me to be. I want to be the father you've called me to be. I want to be the influence that you've called me to be. And when he finds you and taps you on the shoulder, he'll begin to use you to make an impact in the lives of people. You know, I started out by saying that, that I, I got an opportunity to, to pray with those young people earlier in the year. Well, it wasn't too long ago in one of our classes, there was a young man that came and he was discouraged and broken down, and he comes from a single-family home, and, and, and he was just having a hard time because people at school were, were, were bullying, and, and there were some coaches and teachers that were saying some things about him. And I remember just on the inside, the Word of God began to just build up, and I began to look at him, and every week I began to say, nope, the Lord has blessed you. He has a plan and purpose for your life. God's going to do great things in you and through you. And I, and I began telling him, you know what? God says that you are the head and not the tail, that you're above and not beneath, that you're not an angry person, that you're a person who walks in love. And I began to just speak things and encourage him and to build him up. And slowly but surely, I began to see him, you know, coming around every Sunday just to say hi. And then he'd come up and just, you know, tell me about his week. And then he'd come up with a big smile on his face. What was happening? I was allowing God to use me to speak into this young man's life and so that, so that God could touch him so that he could begin moving and working in his life so that he could begin to walk in the calling that God, God has for him. That's what God wants to do, folks. He wants to use us to be a blessing to that next generation. But we've got to be willing to allow him to do that. And the only way that will happen is if we get into the word of God and the word of God gets into us. And so we've talked about Abraham. We've talked about Noah. We've surely got to talk about Father God. We've got to keep our eyes on him. Why? Because Scripture says he's our ultimate example. Uh, in, in Ephesians, it tells us, Therefore be Im imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Now, this Scripture always jumps off at me because it says to be imitators of Christ, and then it tells us to walk in love. And, and I don't know about you, but as a man, sometimes I struggle with that definition of love because Scripture describes love a little bit different than I do. It says love is patient, love is kind. Love does not envy, it does not boast. It's not proud, it's not rude, not self-seeking, not easily angered, keeps no record of wrongs, does not delight in evil, but it rejoices in truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Now, I can't speak for you, but I can tell you for myself, when my kids get off and they do some boneheaded things, you know, I, I have this, this automatic thing on the inside of me sometimes that responds in anger. But then the, the word of God comes up and says, that's not love. Guys, we've got to be willing to walk in love, be willing to, to allow the Lord to show us how to be the fathers and men God, God's called, called us to be. And if we'll do that, he'll use us to bring impact to our children to this new generation, and to the world. 
So when we look at God, here's some things that we can glean from him. That he's constant, he never changes, and you can always depend on him. Numbers chapter 23 says, God is not a man that he should lie, or the son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said it? Will he not do it? Has he spoken? And will he not fulfill it? We've got to understand that God is, is, is the same. He's consistent. And we've got to be the same way with our children. But further, more, more so than that, we've got to make sure that they know the truth. And the only way they're going to know the truth is if we're, in, in, if we're strong in the word of God. You know, I remember back when I was a young person, you know, I, and again, I, my mother and father, I, I lived in the house of both of my parents. But spiritually, uh, my, my parents weren't where they, they could be to help me, you know, really grow in my faith with God. And I'll never forget, there was a family in the church I looked up to. And I happened to be with them, excuse me, I happened to be with them one day. And, and, and the, the mom looked at me and her, her two sons and my best friend. And she said, you know what, the Lord's been speaking to me about you boys. And, and, and I just want to share with you what he showed me. And I said, oh, you know, we were like, okay. And she looked at her two sons and she said, oh, I see great things for you guys. I see families. I see prosperity. I see just joy and love in your futures. And then she looked at my best friend and she goes, oh, man. She goes, I see you're going to be very successful. I see your name in lights. You're going to do great things for God. And then she looked at me and she goes, oh, I see bars in your future. That you're, you know, I see prison bars in your future. And, and, and you're going to have a rough time of it and a rough life. And I remember sitting there as a young teenager thinking, now, why would God give me bad word? How am I different than them? And I went home and I opened the Bible and I'm just thumbing through and I saw this scripture. It was in Jeremiah 29, 11. It says, I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you, to give you a future and a hope. But I'm a teenager. And so this couple that I look up to, they've told me something contrary to that. And so I'll never forget, I went to church that next Sunday and I took that scripture in the Bible. And there's a, there was a man in our church, his name was Lauren Steiner. And I went up and Lauren was just this just joyful man. Just, he was a joy to be around. And I went up and I said, I told him the whole story about what this family had shared with me. But I said, but I feel like God is speaking this to my heart. And I remember Lauren saying, he said, Derek, you know, God's going to do great things in your life. He's going to take you to some great places. He's going to take you to some new places, places you've never heard of before, like Conroe. And <laughs> he's going to do great, mighty things to you, through you. And, and you know what? He has good plans for your life. And when he said that, I held on to it. And you know what? I held on to that. I held on to that scripture. And I was grateful that this man, this man full of wisdom, this man who was in the church, who was grounded in the church, this man who didn't even look like me, who had his own children, took time to speak into my life. I held on to that. And when life's challenges came my way, it wasn't, you know, the enemy that won. It was the word of God and that faith from that spirit-filled believer that spoke into my life that, 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 that brought me through it. And guys, that's why I believe it's important for us to be willing to press into God to find out who he's called us to be as men and as fathers and to begin speaking into the lives of these young people. Why? Because we have the ability to aim them like arrows in the direction that God wants them to go in. And if we'll do that, I'm telling you, God will bring about a change in our land in the days ahead. And so as we continue to trust in the Lord, we, we find that he's faithful. And in 2 Thessalonians 3, it says, but the Lord is faithful. He will establish you, and he will guard you against the evil one. God will give you the tools necessary to be the man he's calling you to be. It's an honor to be a man. It's a calling to be a man. And God is not leaving you ill-equipped. 
You know, I still remember when my wife and I came home with our first child. And uh, I remember the, the nurse wheeled us outside, helped my wife get into the car, took the baby from me, you know, buckled the baby in the back seat. And then she closed the back door. And I remember looking at her and she just, she just did, waved and said, okay, Mr. Thompson. And I remember thinking, where are you going? <laughs> and she goes, I got to go back to work. And I said, no, you got to come home with us. We don't know what we're doing. And she said, no, you're going to be good. You're well able. You have the tools to do it. And we went home and I helped my wife in the house and on the sofa. I put the baby on the sofa and I sat on the other side of the baby. And for two hours, we sat there looking at that thing, thinking, what in the world are we going to do? <laughs> but you know what? As soon as she started crying, things kicked in. And day after day, we found the tools that we needed to be the parents that God called us to be. Well, guys, in the same way, in this hour, where God wants to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children and the hearts of the children back to the fathers, if we'll rise up and, become, and make a decision to be the man God wants us to be, God will give us the tools to effectively encourage and disciple these young people in such a way that we will transform the way this world looks. It starts at home and it builds from there. And here's the, here's the great thing about our church. We have a, a great youth ministry where if, if you want help doing that, they do a phenomenal job on Wednesday nights. I encourage you to bring them out here. They do a phenomenal job on Sunday mornings. I encourage you to bring your young people out here. But together, as we follow the Lord's leading, I, I, I encourage you, God's going to do some great things if we'll simply follow his leading because he's given us the tools to do this. God is love. 1 John 4, 8 says, anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. We've got to be willing to do it God's way. We've got to be willing to do it. That means people like me, I've got to become more patient. That means people like me, I can't be easily angered. That means I've got to be willing to walk in the love of God and to bring my children up in the way he wants us to bring them up. And if I'll do that, then the seeds that are on the inside of them, he'll begin to water those seeds and he will cause them to grow into the men and women that he's called them to be. And then they can go forth and begin to make an impact on the world from generation to generation. Does that make sense, guys? And if we'll do that collectively, Guys, how much impact can we have? You know, the Bible says that if we all come together and do what he's calling us to do, the church can make a huge impact on this world. And so Jesus, or God himself, showed us that in, in Scripture when he sent his own son to die for us on the cross. The Bible says in John three sixteen, for, for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. He sent the thing that was most precious to him to die for you and me. He gave it all, put it all on the line. And guys, we've got to be willing to put it all on the line for our children. I'll never forget when God called me to leave my corporate job and, and, and to do something new. And, and I, you know, I, I had, had to put it all on the line. I knew God was telling me to do it. And so, you know, I, I, I learned a long time ago that it's important for me to live my faith in front of my children. And so I came home, I set my entire family down. And I was a little overly dramatic, but I sat them down and said, hey, God's calling me to a new thing, calling us to a new thing. I said, I don't know what's going to happen, but I know God's faithful. He's never failed us, and he's going to take care of us. And, and, so, and, then I, and then I went from being a man of faith to allowing my flesh to talk. And so then I started telling them, so we, we may never go on another vacation. We, may, never be able, we not, may not be able to eat a lot of food. And then I flipped back over and said, but God is faithful. And, uh, you know, I, I just, I've learned I got to live my faith out in front of my children. 
And I remember that my kids were watching. And, and you know, the Lord took care of all of our needs. And then all of a sudden, this opportunity at the, at the church opened up, and, and God gave me an opportunity to come here on staff. And I remember there, early on, I made a joke to one of my kids. I said, you know, maybe, maybe Daddy will go back to his corporate job. And my daughter said, no, Dad, no, because you're, you're so much kinder. You're so much, you know, so much patient, you know, and, 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 and we love the fact that you're doing what God's called you to do. And it showed me that my kids are watching me. They're watching everything. And that if I'll do this the right way, it will have a lasting impact on their lives. Guys, hear me when I say this. I believe that our best days are ahead of us. That if we will align ourselves with God, that if we'll be willing to do it his way and allow him to use the tools that he's given us to encourage and disciple this next generation, can I tell you the enemy doesn't have a chance? That we're going to take our children back, we're going to take this nation back, we're going to take this world back for Jesus. Amen? Well, will you bow your heads? This morning, if, if you're here this morning and, and, and you say, you know, I've, I, you know, that's great, Derek, and I, I get that, but I've never had the opportunity to make Jesus my Lord and Savior. Well, this morning here in just a few minutes, uh, we're going to say a prayer together like we always do. You know, one of the things I found, it's never too late, never too late. No one is ever too far gone for God. Amen. And so today I believe that this is your day. This is the day that the tide of the battle is going to turn for you, for your family, and for your future generations. So as a church family, like we do every week, we're going to say this simple prayer. If you say it together, let's say, Dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior, and I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins, and God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I've said yes to you. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.